Welcome to the Parenting Plus podcast. I'm Diana. I'm Paul. And we are your hosts. If you are new here, we are kind of like a streaming service. You've heard of Disney Plus. You've heard of Paramount Plus. You might have heard of BET Plus. Well, we are Parenting Plus. Two parents talking about raising Ali and watching TV. Can you tell the people who Ali is? Ali is our one-year-old baby, um, the coolest baby in the world. Yay! So every episode, we dive into a different parenting topic and a different TV show that we have watched. Today, we are going to be talking about gender reveals and Miss Marvel on Disney+. Plus. All right, so let's get into gender reveals. So, Paul. Yeah. What are your thoughts on gender reveals? Generally. Generally. Um, on the whole, I'm like, hmm, not the biggest fan. Yeah. So I definitely don't judge people that have them. But for me personally, not my thing. Um, and again, spoiler alert, we didn't have one. But let's get into our thoughts overall on like why we decided not to have a gender reveal and how that conversation has you know, led to other conversations. All right, so before we get into it, in a 10-second explanation, can you tell us what is a gender reveal, I guess, party? Yes, okay. So when there's a gender reveal party, um, the parents are revealing the sex of their baby. The sex or the gender? Ooh, well, I think we're going to have to get into that, and that's more than 10 seconds of a conversation, but what is being revealed is the sex of the baby, and so the parent usually finds uh, the most creative way to reveal it, whether by cutting a cake popping a balloon, um, or a different way. Um, and, and what are the indicators? The indicators are blue for boy and pink for girl. Right. And we have to absolutely, we have to pause there already because there's already like murky language in what is a gender reveal. So the idea, like you said, is that people reveal a color, whether it's pink or blue, and that shows what the baby's gender is. However, you made a distinction between sex and gender what would you what's that distinction okay so sex is what you're assigned at birth based on your body parts uh your genitals so um males based on having a penis females based on having a vagina that is sex um, and that is strictly based on medical observation um which is different from gender which is based on your identity and so um they differ because gender is something that you define for yourself whereas sex is something that you um is a definition that is given to you um by the medical system right and many people think that gender is just boy and girl and the reality is that there are infinite number of genders and then there are people that identify as non-binary meaning that they don't identify with any gender and there are people who are trans or who transition. So um, at one point in their lives, they might identify as a boy. Um, and at another point in their lives, they might identify as a girl or from man to woman, woman to man. Um, and as Diana said, um, genders in between that, that aren't defined by um, just man, woman, male, female. So the reason why we talk about gender being different from sex is because um, there's different ways that folks can identify and express themselves. And so when we talk about sex, um, sometimes it's limiting to folks who don't necessarily identify with the sex that they are assigned at birth. 
Right. So even all of that that was just said shows for us how we just imagine trying to explain that to someone who asked us are you having a gender reveal party (laughs) no but the reality is that it's complicated and it's not as binary meaning it's not just like you know two-sided it's it's very complicated and there's different identities that are at play here because then some people even confuse gender and sex with sexuality and then there's gender expression how someone chooses to express their gender so all of that so all that said is that for us it's very important that we raise ali in a way that ali knows that there are all of these different possible identities that ali can grow up to want to explore and the reason why for me, and I'm going to ask you as well, Paul, why you're so passionate about this. The reason for why I'm passionate about this and why this is so important is that my whole professional career has been fighting for justice and fighting for a world where liberation can be possible. And what that means for me is that there's all throughout history, there have been, there have been certain identities that have always held power and privilege. When it comes to race, that's whiteness. When it comes to gender, that's men. When it comes to, or cis men. When it comes to class, that means rich people. So for me, as someone that's against racism, that means that I'm against white supremacy. If I'm against white supremacy, then it's important for me to be against all other forms of oppression towards others' identities. And that means being against transphobia and being against homophobia. And so when I thought about all of these things and then I tried to think about what that meant for me as a parent, I was like having such an existential crisis about gendering my baby that went way beyond deciding whether or not I was going to have a gender reveal party. I knew from the beginning I didn't want to, but it went beyond beyond that for me. So for you, Paul, you have always had, I would say, an interesting relationship to masculinity in general and trying to find ways to contest ideas of hypermasculinity. So anyway, for you, why has it been important to have these conversations around gender with me as like, you know, your co-parent, what, what has that meant for you? Um, there are so many directions I can go, but to try to put it simply, um, I kind of question the ways that we talk about masculinity because when we talk about men, um, what are the behaviors that men are taught since we were young? Um, and not just from parents, but from, TV, from school, from um, like just entertainment in general, um, which is boys are supposed to be tough. You're not supposed to show emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and how that manifests in, in ways as we grow up is sometimes we um, don't feel like we can express ourselves. And so that can manifest in showing anger and harming uh, women or people who aren't men um, and being homophobic and being transphobic. And so um, I, in my just experience, is just being like, I'm not trying to be that. <laughs> um, I think it's, it's pretty, you know, it's, it's just pretty shitty that that's the expectation and norm for men. Um, and even if that's not necessarily as a man, how you feel most comfortable being homophobic, being transphobic, being, um, you know, being manly in a way that makes others feel uncomfortable, even if that's not your norm, 
Um, most often that's the default. So if you're around other guys, other men, we have a tendency to, um, yeah, put down other, other people because of their identities. And so, um, uh, when, like you said, we we're t- talking about liberation, um, a lot of my relationship to social justice comes through being in college during the height of the black lives matter movement. And the people at the forefront of that movement were mostly black women, a lot of queer black women, um, non-binary people, trans people, um, who were all standing up for black people as a whole, and most often standing up for black men who had been killed by the police, um, who got the most media coverage and attention. And so when I talk about who is really riding for us, it's also like, how are we not showing up for all identities and communities Mm. um, when they take such an effort to stand up for uh, black men in particular? And so um, I try to root myself in how am I making the best possible space and world for for everyone who um, doesn't always get to have the the privilege of feeling comfort in all spaces. And so um, it's just making that effort to, um, you know, create the environment that we want to see for all of our people. And I remember one of the first things that I noticed about you when we met is that you would always wear a pink watch. And more often than not, you would like wear pink items of clothing. And we met working with teenagers. And I remember a lot of youth would be like, Paul, why are you wearing a pink watch? Or Paul, why do you have pink socks on? Why do you always wear pink? So what went behind those decisions for you to like constantly keep so what went into those decisions for you to feel because I feel like they were intentional decisions that you made to like wear pink things. What was that thought process? Yeah, I mean, for one, my favorite color is flamingo pink. I think it's a really cool color. And for two, um, again, as boys and men, we're not we're taught that you can't do that. You can't have pink. You can't wear pink. And that to me is just so strange. It's a color. Um, but secondly, um, I feel like. I feel like it's important for like as a man to try to model the things that I want to see in young people that I work with. And so, yeah, I'm just going to be comfortable wearing a thing that I like. I like my pink watch. I'm going to wear it around. I'm not going to be shy about it. And so especially when I was around the youth, I felt more emboldened to be like, oh, yeah, it's pink. I like it. Um, and to start the conversation, right? To be mm-hmm. like, well, why why shouldn't I wear a pink watch? That's true. Yeah, because it's, it's also questioning. It's like, why are you like, why are you pressed about this? Um, to give them a minute to reflect on it and think about it a little bit more, too. Yeah. And, you know, the flip side of that would be also, in my opinion, when we think about girls growing up, it's like, OK, girls play with dolls. Girls are so emotional etc etc when i think about myself and like my mexican culture is like the machismo that is at play and what is allowed for a young woman to do or what is seen as respectable and so all of those things i all of those things were would race through my mind every time someone would ask are you having a boy or a girl and from the beginning of our pregnancy I realized how strong of a current it is in our society to need to label into these two, what people perceive as the two genders, boy or girl. And for me, was what was even more shocking was like in the medical system. Like I remember when I had my anatomy scan to like actually find out the sex of the baby of Ali. I remember 
the technician was like do you want to find out the gender and i was like why are they referring to it as gender like it should be like sex you know like you know these these people need to take some ethnic studies classes but even doctors ob's they'd be like oh do you know the gender of your baby do you know and i wanted to be like it's a sex it's sex like why don't you refer it to this as sex like and that's because a lot of the times we aren't taught about these differences we aren't taught that sex is different from gender that you can have any gender that you want and then even express your gender identity in any way that you want and a lot of times that confines us to living lives that maybe aren't true to what we want to live and so again when we think about our parenting style i feel like that's something that we wanted to be super super intentional about and on top of that i think one of the reasons why we're so like anal like over analyzing so much about like when people are asking us if we're having a boy or a girl um is because what comes after that uh are you having a boy okay i'm gonna get them these toys i'm gonna get them uh this kind of clothes um and for us we're like like our baby can play with whatever toys they want to our baby can wear whatever clothes they want to um but it's like from the jump like all of these things are placed on a child and so we wanted to bring ali into the world with less of a sense of like you're doing this because of the sex that you have or the gender that people assume that you have um but more so we want ali to just feel loved and like be able to explore things and enjoy whatever ali enjoys you know right and i think i was feeling really existential when we found out the sex of ali because when people were would ask I think at first I was like going into it. I was like trying to explain everything that I just tried to explain right now. And then I realized I was like, oh, my God, this is like, who am I going to who am I going to go into these conversations with? Like, am I just going to the random cashier at Trader Joe's asking me, am I having a boy or a girl? Am I going to go into a whole ethnic studies lesson? Right. Like my boss at work asked me, are you having a boy or a girl? Am I going to talk about this? like so I remember talking to you about it and feeling like really down on myself feeling like what like i have fought my whole you know career and my values are so about this and now that i have the chance to raise someone in the in a way that i want to raise them then i feel like i was like folding back like i feel like i was you know backtracking on my values because i wasn't having these conversations with people did you feel that way Oh, definitely. I was going to ask you first, though, like I was just going to straight up ask you, like, are you having a boy or a girl? What what is like the all the mental leaps that you're taking when that f- simple question comes up? <laughs> well, everything I just said, I was like, sex is not the same thing as gender. There's more than one gender. Like, I don't want to raise my baby with this gender norms and boys have boys. Boys can cry and girls can do anything. The future is female. Like <laughs> just so many <laughs> things that would go through my mind. And I was like exhausted. And I remember you told me like. Well, I had a conversation with a couple of people like about it and it was like, you know, you cannot pour this energy and effort into just like any random person. So if a person is meaningful, then in your life and Ali's life, then yes, you're going to have these conversations. If not, sorry, cashier at Trader Joe's, <laughs> I'm not going to go into it. So it what I did spend a lot of time and energy is in talking to uh my parents specifically my mom about it and even now i feel like once ali was here ali you know ali would wear has worn pink wears pink has pink blankets has i just like do not 
adhere to any of that boys blue and girls pink or whatever and i remember i went to like a family gathering and i had a pink blanket on ali and my mom was like why do you have that pink blanket and i had a moment of like we've had these conversations before you know i am not gonna raise ali in a way that puts him in a box at all um and that being said we are using he him pronouns and i remember we had this conversation when we were decided to say yes we're having a boy and we started talking about him and ali he's almost here etc and i remember you referenced a instagram post that you had seen do you remember a little bit about what that post said yeah i think it was just an honest way of talking about pronouns i saw an instagram post that basically said yes you might use gender conforming pronouns with your child um because they're they might not be of age to like be able to have those conversations but when they are just be honest with them and say hey i say he and him because uh, most people will see you and think that you're a boy but if you don't feel that way or if that changes we can talk about that and you can tell me what pronouns feel comfortable for you so that's essentially the approach that we are taking with ali um, which is we're using the the he him pronouns but we also um, want to be very like open with him and honest with him um, when he is old enough to be able to have conversations about um, how he feels and whether that feels good for him. And honestly, like that makes me so excited. Like, honestly, it does. Like I like what is possible for like a young person to grow up knowing that they can fully explore their identity in whatever way and like their parents will love them. I, I just like. I'm excited to see like what this what this little kid wants to be and at different points might that change and like you know I I think that's like such an exciting part of parenting a lot of the times when I see talking about Instagram when I see uh these two celebrities Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade when I see them raising their daughter Zaya and the interviews they do it it brings me so much joy and I know that it can be seen as like they're doing the bare minimum, which is understanding and loving their child in the way that their child identifies. But they have so much power being celebrities. And I know they've had to be very public about something very personal to their family. And I remember seeing we saw an interview with Dwayne Wade and a bunch of like basketball players or something like that. With Yeah, athletes, former athletes. Yeah, bas- uh, athletes and former athletes. And I remember feeling just like, wow, like. This can open up so many other conversations just by these two people being honest and being real and loving their child and centering joy. And, you know, they've been so honest about what that's meant for their family and how they've had to learn so much. And that just like, I don't know, that's like parent goals. I love that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and that's really all it comes down to. Are we doing the best that we can to make our child happy and feel seen and feel loved and as long as you got that i feel like everything else you know everything else is gonna work out yeah and you know the harsh reality is that people sometimes people that are close to you might not understand and as much as we can want to explain things and say hey this is how we're doing things I know in my heart that Ali comes first and that's the priority. And I don't want Ali growing up with like these like toxic ideas of gender or these like, you know, labels placed on him. And so I know it's hard, but it's important. And honestly, the way that these kids are growing up these days, Ali going to be woker than us. So 
Ali going to put us in our place when we slip up. And I'm also excited to be able to not expect that I'm going to be the teacher. And I'm also going to be able to be a learner and like get to learn from our child. And, you know, in a similar way that Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union learned from Zaya. You know, obviously, you know, we, me and Diana are on the same level as Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union. Yeah, we have the same amount of income. Same amount of income, (laughs) same amount of influence, same amount of access to everything. And yeah, we're just as iconic. But, but, um, but yeah, for real, just being able to have those conversations um, and always remembering, like, um, I mean, if for, for folks who, like, if this, some of these conversations might be new to you or some things that you're still, trying to figure out i think the the most important thing that i've learned is like there's a difference between trying to figure things out and just being closed off to it you know and yeah that comes at any age i've talked to elders to people in their 70s who are finding out about their kids and grandkids um and about their you know trans or non-binary identity and them having to relearn things that were definitely not a part of their experience growing up but if they can do it, anybody can do it, right? So it's just being open and being like, hey, I want you to feel loved and respected. And it should be as simple as that. So all that being said, I still sometimes see some videos of gender reveals and I'm like, damn, that was cute. <laughs> you <laughs> like, fake. I know. So many contradictions. No, but I did see one where it was like these Mexican people and they were like dancing zapateado and they were like stomping on this like wooden. I was like, how do you do this? But they were stomping on this wooden thing and then this like dust came up and it was pink. Anyway, so again, we're full of contradictions, but at the core of it, we want Ali to be happy and we want Ali, we want our parenting to mirror what kind of world we want to live in, what kind of society we want to live in. And we want to live in a society where people are free, feel liberated, whatever that means to them and where identities are respected, validated, and some identities are not more privileged than others and holding that power. So that being said, if you have questions about this, want to know more, we just added a link to our link tree, shameless plug, where there's a Google form. You can give us suggestions. You have questions. You have feedback for us. You could do it anonymously. And we definitely want to hear from you. We have we in no way have this figured out. And these conversations around gender and around sex, around gender expression, they're going to come up, you know, at different... Like when Ali starts talking, it's going to be a different conversation. When Ali's in elementary school, it's going to be a different conversation. So... If you want to know more, you know, at different stages, definitely let us know. And you can find our link tree in my Instagram bio, which is at mommy Diana, D-A-Y-A-N-A underscore. Thanks for listening to our parenting segment. Now we move on to watching TV. Paul, take it away. All right. This week we're getting into Miss Marvel, uh, which we just finished and is streaming on Disney+. Plus. So, Miss Marvel, give me your first impressions. What did you think of the show? Well, when I saw the trailer of Miss Marvel, I was, like, so excited. I was like, yo, brown girl, like, Pakistani, coming. It seemed like it was going to be, like, a coming-of-age story. The visuals looked really cool. I was like, woo. I was, I was ready. I was hype. What about you? Well, first... Tell us, how much of a hold do these Disney Marvel shows have on you? They got me in a chokehold, dog. Like They, they do. Admit it. Whew, like, I have watched pretty much all things Marvel that have been released ever. Um, but 
I've watched all the shows and I've watched all the movies. Um, I've watched so much that I made you come back and watch every single movie with me. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's something else that we did in our postpartum period when you were on parental leave still. We watched every single Marvel movie and that was like my first. I'm definitely not like a, a Marvel expert. I would say that's you. Right. Yeah. So and I wouldn't put myself in the expert class, but I'm definitely an avid fan. Um, and we watched it in chronological order. That could show you my nerddom. So watched it in order of in terms of like when it happened in like the MCU timeline. We watched it in that order. So, um, yeah, so we've watched all the movies um, and watched all the shows. I've watched all the shows and uh, you have watched some Marvel shows. Which Marvel shows have you watched? I watched WandaVision, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, kind of. I would fall asleep some episodes. And then now it's Marvel. Okay. So that being said, what were your initial thoughts? Since you are, you've watched every <laughs> single thing. Yeah. What were your first impressions of Ms. Marvel? Yeah. So I was also excited for it. Um, I don't really read the comics, but I know that Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel, is a beloved comic character. So I was excited to see her introduced. Um, also, representation. Love it. Um, love them introducing um, a culture that hasn't really been explored in Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, and Marvel is so huge at this point. Um, the amount of exposure um, that one show can give um, to an entire like identity that isn't really well, well represented in, in TV um, is really cool. So um, so that said, I, I really loved um, being able to see like, I don't know, I feel like something as simple as seeing like a mosque on TV. Uh, some, something as simple as seeing um you know family dinners in a pakistani home um that was really awesome because you know i can I, you know i can i can get a little bit get a little, little bit tired of of watching white families sit around a table and eating peas and carrots you know <laughs> they always got peas no they always got meatloaf mashed potato and peas i'm like who eats peas yep if you eat peas i don't know so i you know i'm watching this show i'm like oh I, I might need to try some of that you know what, what they eating um and also the cinematography, the show looked awesome um, and, yeah, really well shot. Um, yeah, I loved uh, the visuals whenever they would text each other or something. Oh, that was great. And, or when they show, like, the street, the Circle K, like, mm-hmm. well, it was so, like, uh, uniquely lit. Like, I really liked the, the colors and the visuals, too. Yeah, and I think um, in general, Marvel has definitely built a formula for their TV shows and I like to see this show break out of that a little bit in terms of the style of it. Um, also, the youthfulness of it because it's, you know, portraying younger characters. So it definitely felt unique and distinct. And also, I did have some hangups about the show. Um, but overall, I did enjoy uh, getting Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, introduced to the MCU. And I'm actually really excited to see her in more things. Like, I'm really, I want to see her as part of the Avengers, I want to see her interacting with different characters that we already know that are established. Yeah, and if you have no idea what the show is about, I'm going to read a brief synopsis. Uh, a 16-year-old Pakistani-American high school student from Jersey City who is an aspiring artist and avid gamer and writes superhero fan fiction about heroes such as Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, gains the ability to harness cosmic energy and create hard-like constructs from a magical bangle. All right, so let's talk about favorite characters. So let's do a brief summary of the characters of the show. Of course, we have Miss Marvel herself, Kamala Khan, her best friends, Bruno and Nakia, 
Zoe, who's like the influencer girl who's from school, Kamran, Kamran's mother, Najma. Uh, we also have Kamala's mother, father, and brother. Um, and we also have the Red Dagger and his mentor, who were the Pakistani um, folks who Kamala joins up with when she takes her trip to Pakistan. Um, and we also, you know, side character, very, very minor role, but our boy Stewie from Succession is also in the building. I love seeing Stewie, even though he played a cop, but Succession, another great show. Gotta watch it. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to do a Succession episode, but stay tuned for that. So um, of those like kind of central core characters, who would you say were your favorites or did you have a single favorite? I mean, I have to go with Kamala. Um, I like Nakia. I wish we would have seen more of her. Definitely um but i would say i would keep it there bruno was me <laughs> i liked bruno he was me of course you did I did. um i liked Comron. i thought he was an interesting addition also um i didn't like the parents honest i like the dad actually i like the dad a lot um mom i thought this is the thing I, I felt like mom had such a central role in the family history but i didn't love that character like i feel like i was supposed to like feel certain things and i didn't so those were just my overall feelings on the characters like super overview what about you yeah yeah okay i I think i would generally agree um you know of course kamala she's the star of the show so um she's definitely up there for me um but in terms of people you haven't named um i love the sheikh like you know the head of the mosque i think it was he was i liked him as a character i liked him both as like you know there was lighthearted moments but there was also like i think heavier moments where he showed like a lot of i don't know i I think he like you know confronting damage control and basically being racist assholes trying to like raid the mosque um i think he like really held his own in those scenes and really uh, made those feel powerful um and yeah i also like nakia a lot i think um i would have liked to see more with her and um i liked her and kamala's relationship as well definitely so you mentioned that you had some critiques hang-ups on the show yeah let's get into that okay okay all right so again love the show i feel like you know all right my my bipoc my people of color all right we having a little moment here this is so you, if you if you're in a person of color just turn it down a little bit just turn it down um but i feel like there's an unspoken thing where it's like we like as people of color, we're we're not gonna go hard against a show, a movie um, that's representing you know one of our identities because we're like we want to see more of this representation. And so when I say that I have critiques or hangups hangups about the show, it's in no way saying I don't want this show to continue to exist. I want more Miss Marvel, and I want more of her character showing up in the MCU. Um, but, I think it's because of that mm, that you hold it to higher standard. You want it yeah. to be good because you're like, come on, you know, representation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, there are certain characters I'm like, yeah, if it, you know, I don't love it, then you know, I could just let it go. But you know, with with Miss Marvel, there isn't going to be a lot of Pakistani representation in Disney shows in Marvel. So, um, so yeah, I do have like a high expectation, a high hopes for it. I would say, um, and some of the things sometimes I just kind of felt like. I felt like some of the action was lacking. Um, some of the CGI wasn't great. And I know with a TV show, the budget isn't the same as like a movie budget. So I kind of, you know, I know that I'm being a little bit extra when I say I didn't love the actual uh, CGI. But in general, if I'm going to the most simplest terms, I felt like 
There are parts of the story that I wanted to connect with more that should have been more hard hitting. And for whatever reason, they just didn't work for me. Like, um, yeah, there are some parts that didn't work for me. Yeah, I think I think the first couple episodes, I was like, something's missing. Like something's off. Like something was off that made me feel like I couldn't really follow the story. And then I felt like there were certain moments that were supposed to be like super like powerful. And I'm talking just on the human aspect of it not like the superhero aspect of it but i think it was episode one or two where kamala wants to go to avengers con avengers yeah avengers con and her parents are like no you can't but then they're like oh yeah you can and dad's gonna go with you and he's gonna wear this hulk outfit ha 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 and it's like parents being parents right but then she's like no no you can't come with me and i think that was supposed to be like a very emotional moment of like the family dynamic and it wasn't i was just like wait what are you embarrassed because he's brown are you embarrassed because he's his hulk outfit is not like the best are you embarrassed because you just don't want your parents to go with you to avengers con like i was like what so that like went over my head i was like what's going on here like i'm not i'm not getting the vibes or the feelings and i feel like after that i just couldn't keep up yeah i think for me I like the villain was very lackluster for me, um, which was Kamran's mom, um, Najma, and she's from a different dimension and she's she wants to kill Kamala to get this bangle to go back to her dimension, which is gonna stroll the world. Like and and also like that I just wasn't particularly connected to her as a villain and and, and I didn't really feel a lot um when there were confrontations with her and with kamala um and the second thing i think that because i have so i I feel like in general i think the show knows there are a lot of expectations for it and i think that it tried to do a lot and disney only gives them six episodes to do it so here's everything that happens in six episodes kamala finds out she has powers she goes to to pakistan she gets chased down by damage control. She finds out that there's another dimension that she might be from. Um, what else happens? The mosque gets raided. Um, she meets other vigilantes from Pakistan. Um, you know, like she meets a boy. Like there's so many things. She saves a boy that's falling from a building. <laughs> yeah. And then her friend wants to run for mosque. What? Something in the mosque. Her friend I think, yeah, like a, a, basically a position. A for leadership the position. Yeah. Then her friend is going to Caltech, and then the counselor tells her she needs to stop doodling. Then her brother's getting married, and she, yeah. Yeah, and so that is all to say, like, I honestly feel like if this was kind of more of a traditional, like, length show, like, if this was a 20-episode show, I actually think there's so much content that I would have really liked a lot more because I wouldn't be as focused on wait, how does that serve the story? And how does that make sense? Like, because there's so much in the show that is great as single moments that I feel like they had to kind of pack into such a short amount of time. And so I would have liked to see a longer show um, that could kind of stretch out these storylines. Um, and spoiler alert, also, if you are got this far into a show where we're talking about a show, you should know. Um, but spoiler alert at the end in the post credit scenes of the last episode we see captain marvel show up in a cameo uh, and so there's some connection that's gonna happen with kamala the bangle and captain marvel yeah and you had a mouthful of marvels there but that reminded me <laughs> of one of my 
one of my favorite parts of the show which is also at the end and hopefully by now you've watched it so spoiler alert but at the end when um kamala's having like a very emotional moment with her dad and the dad tells her how she got her name kamala and kamala in urdu yeah means marvel or means he said it's something along the lines of Marvel, which I thought was so like such a powerful mm-hmm. moment because I thought like her name was Miss Marvel just because she loved Captain Marvel. So I was like, oh, yeah, she loves Captain Marvel. So her name is Miss Marvel. But there was like a deeper meaning. And I thought that was like a really nice way to end. That was awesome. I think that was a moment that reminded me of the potential of the show. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm in it. I'm, I'm down. I'm ready for more. Like that was amazing. I, I love that moment so much. I teared up. Yeah, it was good. My also my favorite line in the whole show was in the last episode where Nakia says, "Get in, loser! We're getting shawarma." Are you kidding me? Reference to Mean Girls, loved it. Let's go. Also, a Loki reference to the first Avengers movie. At the end, they have shawarma. And as a history major myself, <laughs> I'm like nerd. I liked he- hearing more about like the history of like partition and like British con- British British occupied India and all that you know was broken up and pakistan was created and then i went into a rabbit hole and i was like oh my god that became bangladesh so i liked i know you did not love that because it was felt like a little bit rushed no 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 that that i thought was was really great and important um but you felt like they were trying to like show everything the history of everything yeah no, no no i don't i didn't dislike the partition part at all i just um my my issues were maybe maybe like that's maybe the thing that should have been focused on or um but i actually really liked and appreciated it because there was so little i knew about partition because you know american schooling um and you know me not educating myself but <laughs> um but also yeah like again like this is a show that has a huge platform and to be like um uh, to to talk about a really like pivotal historical moment that really is not talked about um in american history um was pretty pretty cool to see and maybe maybe they didn't portray the best i don't know i haven't you know seen critiques maybe someone that is from india or pakistan would have some thoughts on that but didn't you hear a critique on a podcast on the midnight boys about why does a character of color in marvel have to have like the history of their people yeah it was an interesting take um but basically the take was every time there's a new character of color or they're the first character of their particular identity there is an entire origin story that has to do with their great grandparents and their entire lineage and race um and then you have peter parker who's a white boy from queens and he gets bit by a spider and that's his whole origin um and there were parts of that i was like you know that is true like why is it whenever there is you know when it's a black panther it starts with years ago like back in like before like wakanda existed this happens um but then when it's a white character there's not that same deep dive but that's also i think the point is like uh, we as people of color we don't start from ourselves we start from who came before us um sometimes that can feel like a burden but oftentimes i think that's really grounding and so i thought it was cool that kamala's character was tied to her great grandmother um and even more importantly like she was literally there um like through like the power of the bangle in the show like uh, for a pivotal moment in her own family story that she was told since she was a kid you know so um i do think it's important two ground characters in terms of like their lineage and their their 
family history. I don't necessarily think it's necessary for every character, but I think when it's done thoughtfully, it's really cool and important. And I did think, I do think they put a lot of effort into showing not just who Kamala is as an individual, but who she is in terms of like where she stands in her family. Yeah. That said, um, uh, I'm going to mention one more of my favorite moments, which is the Illuminantes. I thought that was really cute. Oh, yeah. Funny yeah. When they were showing um, the different cliques within the mosque. Um, that was also a Mean Girls reference now that I think about it. Oh, yeah. You know, the cafeteria, you know, the cafeteria layout. Exactly. So I, I thought that was really cool. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I liked when they did those really like creative moments like that. Yeah. Yeah, and overall, I think um, there's probably so many cool references that, like, went over our heads in terms of, like, references to their religion and to, like, Pakistani culture and different things like that that we probably missed because we're not, you know, of that community. But overall, I was like, oh, this I I like that. I like that they're including this. I really like the, um, what is it called when they show the title? Miss Marvel. Yeah, the, the opening title, yeah. Yeah, the opening title, like, every time every episode there was like different graphics different visuals i like that too and that there's probably like so much meaning behind that that you know we didn't know about mm-hmm. yeah definitely and before we wrap up controversial where would you rank it compared to the other disney marvel shows the other disney marvel shows so that's that's a tough one um i think right now loki would be the the top Marvel show for me, Loki, WandaVision. I also liked Hawkeye a lot. Um, and then maybe I think Miss Marvel makes like the top five. Um, so you left Moon Knight out, my hermano? Yeah, I'm, it, I think it's better than Moon Knight. Um, yeah, I have more. I think I have more issues with Moon, Moon Knight. Um, but that's another episode. Yes, it is. Yeah, but, All right. you know, got to come back and do a, a more legitimate rankings. But I put it right around five of the Disney Marvel shows. Okay. Take oh. us away with our last segment. Okay, so we're going to do categories, and this is a short one. Um, you know, just two quick questions um, related to the show. Um, and basically, I'm going to give you a category, and you give me a person. Okay? So um, first question. we Since we're a show about parenting... Uh, we got to ask, who from this show would you trust to be the babysitter for Ali? The best babysitter? Um, I would have to go with, without thinking too deep into it, I'm going to go with Bruno. <laughs> Even though I, I didn't love his character, but I feel like, you know, he was very, like, caring and very responsible. And he had a job. I don't know. I feel like he'd be, like, he'd be anxious about doing a good job he would he definitely would do the most um he would set up a whole machine to check the baby's heart rate and everything like yeah our baby would be good with him um yeah. i'd pick kamal's dad oh that's okay. like he he'd have fun doing it and yeah i think that'd be cute who'd be the worst babysitter the worst babysitter i'm gonna have to go with the lady from damage control she was about to kill two teenagers in front of a high school with a bunch of people live streaming it. So I I wouldn't trust her to take care of Ali. I think Kamala Khan would be the worst babysitter. What? Okay, first of all, she dropped a kid um from from up top of the, you know, 
She hadn't roof. figured out her powers yet. She hadn't figured out her powers. She probably would sneak out and go to AvengerCon when she's supposed to be babysitting. That's true. She, her head is up in the clouds. I just think that she would be deeply sorry for <laughs> for um, you know the amount of times Ali fell on her, his head while she was you know daydreaming. Um, but you know, I think she'd learn a great lesson from it. But I I ain't, I ain't leaving Ali with her. That's scandalous. I hope she hears this. Oh no! Oh no! Wow, Kamal Khan listens to our, our podcast. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, last question, last question. Um, since this is an MCU show and we are going to get to see Miss Marvel interact with more MCU characters, who are you most excited for Kamala Khan to meet in the MCU? Definitely America Chavez from yes. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse. Love me, America Chavez. Love me some America Chavez representation. And, you know, they're both, you know, young girls of color i love that yeah that's a great choice what about you um i'm ready for her to just meet all of the young avenger characters um but in particular like another teenager or he's probably like i don't know how old he is at this point but i want to meet spider-man tom holland spider-man i think that'd be a fun uh you know quippy um interaction so can't wait for her to meet her other young heroes love it all right, cool. So that wraps up our TV show of the week. If you got any suggestions for us, a show that you like that you want us to cover, let us know. Um, hit us up on our link tree. And thanks for listening. If you've listened to this many episodes, I just want to give you a hug. Thank you. <laughs> See you next week. Peace. <laughs>